We at the top of wrestling would like to pay respect to Larry Steve, the pet pig of Alexa Bliss. Uh, you may all be familiar with Larry Steve, posted a lot on social media. Uh, Alexa Bliss recently posted a very heartfelt message uh, after the passing of her very beloved pet. Also, in a music video, I believe by the band Bowling for Soup, uh, was featured at the end of that video. Uh, we've invited several guests. We were very fortunate uh, just to say a few words about that. Uh, I'd like to start with our first guest. That would be Paul Bearer. Paul, would you like to say anything? Oh, yes! Larry Steve was a good pig! Oh, yes! They say a man with a bad soul will burn in eternal flames! But Larry Steve had a good heart! Oh, yes! And we have no fear of smelling barbecue anytime! Okay. Uh, not what I expected, but thank you, Paul. Um, I see that you've brought The Undertaker with you, as you typically do. Uh, Taker, uh, anything that you would like to say about Larry Steve? Larry Steve was an icon. And may he rest in my belly. I, um, I have no words. Um, do we have anybody else? Excuse me! No, no. You can just, nope, that way. No, no, that way. Yeah, no, no, not that door. The one, the one that says exit above it. Yeah, that one. Top of Wrestling sends its condolences. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay. It's my name is Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh, my God. Mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. Not with me. I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. <laughs> I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War games! You are impressionist. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. Looks like the cows have come home to roost. It's the Top of Wrestling Podcast, episode lucky number 13. I am the Professor Mark Fantasia, welcoming you back to another Wednesday episode, brand new episode, and today we have a lot on our plates. I'm not really going to 
mess around too much here to begin with. We have the top of the King of the Ring. We have Monday Night Wars, a, a, a revelation that I figured out just this week, which is really funny after 13 episodes. But uh, and, and then also we do have some news. And well, but before I even dive in, let's bring him in. O D M. Oh, hey, Professor. Say, we finally got that Model D83 Swedish Sure Grip Suck Machine that you ordered. <laughs> oh, God, this is going to be one of the funnest random line episodes. I thought last week, maybe if you picked up on it, maybe you didn't. It was Caddyshack, one or two. <laughs> Typical. This week, you have you have your choice of several movies. You know what we should actually say? This is the... 13th and a third episode. Oh, there you go. I like it. I like it. Ooh, ooh. Uh, you speak French? No, but I kiss that way. God. It's going to be a good one. Here we go. I was about to say your name, and then I'm like, all right, I got to introduce him in here first because I was about to say, yeah, I think you have the news wrong here. You have that there's uh, releases. Is this an old doc? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Did it again. Names change, but the story remains the same. Oh, my God. Go ahead. Start talking about it for me. I can't wait to hear about this. All right. We're going to start with the releases? Let's start with the releases. Yeah, sure. I I figure it's kind of a a big topic to talk of. All right. Uh, I mean, I don't think we're going to end up uh, dwelling on this too much. Uh, 14. 14 more. Uh, Tony Nese, Aria Davari. Fandango, Tyler Breeze, August Gray, Ever Rise, Marina Shafir, so... There goes the Four Horsewomen story. Killian Dane. So there's only one active member of Sanity on the WWE roster. The Bollywood Boys. I'm surprised his neck's not broken from when Orton dropped them on the announce table. Arturo Ruas, Kurt Stallion, and Tino Sabatelli. Um, as of now, if you go to WWE's 205 Live page, they have six active wrestlers on that roster. <laughs> so they're getting rid of 205 Live, I think. <laughs> Which Let's they pretty much already said they were going to do, so big surprise, right? Wow. Um, I did read that Tino uh, Sabatelli, this is his second cut. <laughs> he was cut not too long ago and then came back, and that's that's kind of funny. Um, I will say, Breeze Dango, okay, fine. You're not doing much with them. Nope. I'm okay with that. Yep. Um, and I, I'd like to see them do something, which is great, because did you see the post from Tyler Breeze. I did not. He goes he goes I found a way out of around the 90 day no comp- no compete clause and he was holding up a lucha mask. Who said you had to be Tyler Breeze? <laughs> yeah. You could just go and get a paycheck and just say my name is like <laughs> L man. Whatever. I don't know. L man. <laughs> I don't even look at sometimes if you're going to work with the WWE, you have a 50-50 chance of staying there. And there's only a 10% chance of that. <laughs> now, I do want to... <clears throat> sorry. Now, funny enough is that we talked about Marina Shafir. Now, Roderick Strong's wife is out. That's who yeah, she's right? with, right? Because last time we had the wrong one. Uh, Killian Dane, who is the husband of... Nikki Cross, who we'll talk about. I can't believe I, I. I guess okay, let him go back to doing what he does. I mean, he was great on the Indies. The whole it's just I, I wasn't shocked, but I do think that the funniest part was Tony Nice. I believe it was put out a 
a, a tweet and said, uh, guess what? My match tonight on 205 Live just became a loser leaves town match. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Because it was airing after these guys were all let out. That's even weirder. Oh, my God. And I And what did I say to you and Nightwing in a text? I go, it's the right hand not knowing what the left hand is doing all the time. And it's just... Yeah, I guess I'm just kind of baffled at this point. Yeah, we're going to get more of their uh, inadequacies as we progress through the news. Yeah, well, that's okay. Very, very true. Um, But I did mention Nikki Cross. What do you think? The new superhero gimmick. Didn't watch any of the video because all I saw was the picture. Like, first thing, having my morning cup of coffee, going through Twitter. First thing I see is Nikki Cross dressed up as a superhero. Nope. I'm done. I'm good. I'm done. You know. That's it. it I'm out of here. Do, it did do something good for Shane Helms. Think about when he came over from WCW, became the Hurricane. He was not Hurricane in WCW. He had to, you know, reinvent himself in a way because he was just going to flounder on the, the roster there. And other people benefited from that as well, as he actually pointed out. Molly Holly was a part of a superhero type thing. And let's not forget Rosie, I believe it was from uh, three minute warning turns into S H I T the superhero in training. It was a lot of people got screen time because of that. And it was a gimmick that was over. I bet you, I mean this, if you li- you didn't watch the promo, that's fine. She's for the people, basically, you know. Right. Um, I think, A, she wins the money in the bank. I'm going to call that right now. I think it'd be kind of cool to see her win it. I'd just like to see her win it. But, personally, I really think that once they are back live in front of a crowd, people are going to eat it up. Yeah, I mean, I think it's true what they say wrestling and superheroes don't mix it's like eating a spoonful of drano sure it'll clean you out but it leave you hollow inside i was wondering where i would be able to put that in there but that's that's <laughs> even better <laughs> hey man i love being single i haven't had this much <laughs> sex since i was a boy scout leader <laughs> we should have really planned this better because there's so many two people segments oh absolutely you know what i mean well uh, uh, yeah, what is it Nightcap? No. <laughs> no, I don't wear one. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's good stuff. We'll, we'll definitely get in there. But, hey, man, all I know is very soon we are going to start to be able to play the shout song, by the way. Forgot oh, yeah, I, I wasn't going to say anything because I'm just waiting for that first episode where I'm going to have to remind myself to step five feet back from the mic because I'm going to oh, be yeah. so excited. Do preseason count? No. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, you know, it's 4th and 15, and we're looking at a full court press. All right, I want the rest of the news. <laughs> All right. Hey, shout oh, out. Oh, actually, to fun- you know what? Before, before, oh, that, go ahead, please. Shout like out. You shout, were going to go there. Shout out to Funny Bone. New best of the West champ. Yep. Yep. Oh, man. Saw the picture on on Twitter. It was fucking dope. Oh, my God. It, I, I, I told my buddy Josh, and congrats to Mike, Josh, Funny Bone, all the guys, everybody that was there, uh, Johnny. Uh, everybody that was on that card, it was an all-original, best-of-the-west-type talent show. They, It was the first time back, absolutely sold out. 
um, he was telling me that they had to tell the, the crowd to calm down before the show even began because they were just chanting best of the West so much because these people, it's the first time they've gotten back out there and they are very, very loyal fans is one of the things I love about that promotion. But I, I told Josh, I go, man, I was following, I go on Saturday night, you would have thought it was like being on like wrestlinginc.com or something like that. And I'm just waiting for the updates on each match of the pay-per-view. I was doing that on Facebook. I'm like, all right, who's going on? All right, ooh, ooh, ooh. And I couldn't wait once that triple threat began. And yeah, he uh, became champion. Oh, it was just, it's awesome. But if you didn't see this, in the match before it, the bottom rope broke. They did the triple threat world title main event with only two ropes, the top and the middle. And hopefully they don't pull a rockers on them. Dude, no, it's, it's official. I mean, they let it go. I mean, but I guess it. from what I've been reading from everybody, no one skipped a beat. Like, like they had to probably alter how they get up onto the top rope maybe or things like that. But, um, no, it, it just looked really, really cool. And congrats to them. I'm happy. So now, yeah, I'm with the uh, – the rest of our news all right so uh according to Meltzer, it looks like black alistair black aka tommy end is looked at looking to sign with aew uh ww would have to resign him i'm not going to read the entire quote I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase it um you know so they they could offer him the same money they could offer him less everybody's different everybody has different wants uh it's unofficial because He's not allowed to negotiate. He's got the 90-day compete clause. Um, but he, uh, Meltzer is quoted as saying, I certainly have heard at one point not many days ago to expect him in AEW. Officially, there's no deal. Can't be a deal until the end of August. They do have ex- – WWE has exclusive rights to negotiate him legally. They could offer him less money. If he agrees, he can come back, they, you know, all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, usual 90-day no-compete clause. It's going to be a couple months before we know anything for sure. Uh, but according to Meltzer, it seems like that's what's going to happen, and I wouldn't be surprised. Eddie Kingston's already said he'd love to have a match with Tommy End. So, Yeah, well, I think it's going to be at All Out because by the end of August, Tommy's cleared because we were thinking the same would be with Samoa Joe. He was released the same time, mm-hmm. but then Joe's obviously brought back. But he'll be done by the end of August. September like 4th, 5th, something like that is All Out. It's always the first week, so there you go. I, I Let's see, the Double or Nothing has the Casino Battle Royal, so whatever this one is or whatever kind of Battle Royal, I bet you he's the participant. Or if there's like a ladder match, whatever it is, that's where Tommy's showing up. I'd have, I'd rather just have him run in on Kenny if he's still oh champ at that God. point. Push him directly to the main event? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? No, I didn't even think that because I'm saying I'm used to the uh, everybody getting there and you start mid-card sure. and you work your way up. Um, only person who really went right to the top Moxley. was Moxley, really. Yeah. Now, funny you brought up Kingston. Did you see what it, he did post-Dynamite? I did, I did, yeah. yeah. Mentioned uh, saying that, you know, he was thanking the fans. He's like, we work our asses off. People like Jungle Boy and Kenny Omega with what they just did, which if you didn't see it, it was a really good match. You knew Jungle Boy was not going to lose or not going to win. But right. Great match. I mean, it was it was still uh, crowd entertaining. Like everybody was into it. But post Dynamite, Eddie Kingston says 
we work our asses off for you. And he goes, and we, when we promise you, we give you things what we want. We hear what you want. He goes, not like other companies who don't hear their fans. And he goes, well, guess I just burned another bridge. Oh, well, my man. Because you know what? You don't have to be like, hey, let's be adults about this. You got to be like, isn't that right, Mr. Poopy Pants? <laughs> I realize that mm-hmm. now. <laughs> Now. <laughs> I love you. Oh my god. I love the <laughs> yeah, I love you they're too. Putting the, they're putting the morphine or whatever in him. And he goes, No. Heroin. Heroin. That's a tall order. You're gonna have to give me a couple of days on that one. <laughs> I had that one in here. Hey man, just think next time I shoot someone I could be arrested. <laughs> You know, shooting people, the little thing. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Roddy Strong returns, and uh, the Diamond Mine has officially been formed. They've been pushing it for a while on NXT. Uh, at the end, it was O'Reilly versus Kushida. Uh, uh, Kushida retains. Uh, Adam Cole comes out, attacks O'Reilly. They're continuing that feud. Uh, but afterwards, a man in uh, Hood assaults Kushida, uh, and it was Roderick Strong who, if you remember, resigned technically uh, back in April Uh, and now he has uh, the diamond mine with Tyler Rust and Hideki Suzuki uh, and they also have Malcolm Bivens as their front man Uh, and Bivens handed over the cruiserweight title to strong at the end of the show Uh, do I want strong as a cruiserweight champ I think he's probably your most credible he would be one of your more credible champs I mean, not to say Kashida's say a, not. A defending not. wrestling kind of champ. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I'm absolutely on board with that. And think about the guys that he's wrestling. They he would have the chance to wrestle with a stable now. You also have the other stables of uh, Legato del Fantasma, whatever that one is. Yeah. Um. You also have uh, well, Ever Rise. Oh wait, no, they got Ever- released. <laughs> oh Jesus! Yo, how about that? Oh my God! Hey, we're gonna start a YouTube show. It's gonna air this week. You're fired. Jesus! Again, I just I can't. It it bothers me that they don't even know what they're doing sometimes. But you know, what can you do? Anyway, please. All right. A uh, bit of somber news. Melissa Super Genie Coates passed away recently. Uh, she's been battling some health issues. Actually had her leg amputated, if I'm not mistaken. Um, had some appearances on WWE TV. Uh, was most well noted as Sabu's valet uh, later. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, she she had a body that could melt a cheese sandwich from across the room and a, a pair of breasts that just happened to say, Hey, hey look, at, look these. at these. I'm sorry. That's... That was uh, not, well, you know what? Actually, when someone else passed away, I forgot what it was we were doing. I think it was like Boys in the Hood, and you used something pretty harsh. You're like, he did. I'm, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I say this next part? Because I'm so excited. Yes. Oh, God, it's so hilarious. So we all remember the time that Hulk Hogan was kind of outed for being a racist. I feel like this was his way of getting back at him. Virgil could be, or it could a, just be, or it could just be him being the way that he is. No, I he mean, is just the way he is. I was being, I think, half sarcastic on pretty that. Pretty hilarious. I do think there's, it could be part of, part of it. But Brooke Hogan wanted to get a picture with Virgil, 
And he puts on Twitter, I don't care who your daddy is, 20 for a picture, 30 for an autograph and a picture. <laughs> My man, I'm, an, I'm now going to pop when I see him show up on Nitro soon. I'm going to be so excited when he becomes Vincent. This is awesome. Good for you, especially that he's going to be with Hogan the whole time. You know I'm going to charge your daughter years from now, right? <laughs> Good stuff. Um, again, awesome. here's that stuff of, you know, bad ideas. How do you just make someone your champion, your your world champion of NXT, and pull him up? Is this what you were saying about your inconsistencies? Uh, no, actually, but but this is with it, too. Here's the fact. Well, let's just get to it. Carrying Cross and Bronson Reed are apparently heading to the main roster. Uh, they had uh, matches on main event. Cross beat Shelton Benjamin. Reed beat Drew Gulak. Um, apparently, Scarlett is being given her own separate audition for the main roster. So Cross might go up without her. Oh, my God. Why? That's an inconsistency. I mean, that's a whole. Yeah. That's a pair. That's a, why would you split them up? Anyway, that's – oh, God. All right, give me a second here on that because that one, I didn't even know that they were doing that. That one kind of – that's amazing. Okay. Does anybody remember what happened, I'd say, mm, just under a year ago? Keith Lee finally becomes your NXT champion. A month or two later, put into the main roster, shaves his face, new music, Horrible ring gear. And then just gone. We haven't seen him since. And and you know what? We don't know why he's gone. I don't know why he's gone completely at all like this. I mean, no, I saw there was a story about uh, an issue with trademarking his name. And then I saw a story. I'm not, you know, I don't don't even want to mention it because I purposely didn't put it in the news because it seemed like a lot of speculation. And I don't want to go there because I like Keith Lee. And I think for us to speculate on what this clickbait headline said would be irresponsible and a disservice to him. So I'm not even going to bring it up. If you're curious, I'll tell you off the air. I did see Mia Yim, who's his wife, right? Or fiance? Yeah, Uh, fiance. Okay. She said everybody just... Back off. Things will be done in due time. Back the fuck off, basically. Yeah, so good for her. I'm just... I hate seeing talent wasted. And all I'm saying is, okay, we don't know his story, but let's go back to Brody Lee. The dude had to be shelved for months and had to work at a place that he didn't want to work. I would hate if I went to my boss right now and be like, I quit. He's like, <laughs> no. What do you mean? No. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm done. I'm not going to do work here. That's fine, but you're still going to be working for us and you can't work anywhere else. Ain't that a bitch. And I hate to say it, but all that time wasted, he could have been doing other things. And now mm-hmm. we don't, we'll never have gotten to see all those extra matches. Very blessed with what we got to see in AEW, but he could have been doing things sure. a lot earlier than that. Anyway, um, I, I so I'm okay with certain people getting released sometimes, but if you're going to move them up, <clears throat> have a plan. Because right now, Cross is an indie-type wrestler, and Cross is on the indie-type brand right now. I wouldn't take him out of there. And Bronson Reed, what the... You just isn't he a champion? Aren't but like they're both champions. Yep, yep. I don't, dude. I don't get it. You know uh, what's his, uh, Bronson Reed's going to become Killian Dane Part Two Point Oh. 
Oh, absolutely. I was going to say, you know? man, there's so many people you can name. Absolutely. Anybody that's gone up to the main roster. Actually, the only one who's a big guy-ish that actually got the best push ever on WWE television coming up from NXT, and I'm just now figuring it out. Do you know who it is? Uh, I mean, Kevin Owens, but he's not really that big. Oh. But Baron Corbin. He's on your TV well, every week and has yeah, been true. since the Lone Wolf yeah, gimmick, since... long hair, all that shit. Yep. I mean, ever since what? WrestleMania 32 when he won the Andre the Giant Andre. Memorial Battle Royal. Yep. He's the only one that they push. Why? Homegrown. Homegrown and a kiss ass. Oh, Major kiss ass. I am so. excited if they are going to be going the right road here with the... Uh, King of the Ring and actually bringing it back because with him and Nakamura, how it's going right now. It's a cool storyline. I'm down with it. Rick Boogs yeah. is still in there. That's even uh, weird. You want to talk about someone that should be released, though? I'm like, you're getting rid of people like, I, I don't, I, we understand the Braun Strowman role, but I'm saying like, that's a guy that was on TV a lot. And then you're like, let's put a new character on TV. We already have a thousand out there that, that we're not using. Let's go for number one, uh, a thousand and one. Yeah. I don't get it, man. Boy, this is not a happy episode. Fuck. Just realize that. We are really just, it's all negative. So let's talk about some positive stuff. You want to wanna bring some stuff to the table? Oh, no, not yet, because there's one more piece of news we've got to talk about. When well, I was let's talking go about WWE, I I WWE's inconsistencies. Um, do you happen to know who Kenise Mobley is? I hope I pronounced that correctly. Not an idea or no, at all. You, you don't know Kenise Mobley? Okay. I, I wouldn't expect you to. Um she was recently hired by WWE as a writer. Oh, no yes. Okay, now with, I know it. Now with, I know. <laughs> with no experience. No experience in the wrestling business. Almost like a bland man in a urinal. She just had to feel things out. Um, she was on a podcast talking about her newly acquired position as a writer for I the gotta WWE. I got to stop you. I'm sorry, ma'am. I can't let you do it. Like a blind man in a urinal, I gotta feel things out. No, 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 no. It's a blind man in blind man blind in an, man orgy. an orgy. I was think I was thinking as a midget in a urinal. I was gonna. I had to be on toes. my toes. Love that one. <laughs> I was gonna use that. You dick. All right, go it ahead. It was a twofer. <laughs> <laughs> it was a twofer. I was excited just to try to work one in there, and I screwed it up. Hey, we got there anyway, though. Thank you. It's for all there. Me. All yeah, right. So, it. yes, talk about our inconsistencies into theirs. Go. All right. So. Kenise was on a, and again, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing her name. Uh, yeah, she was on a podcast, uh, and they were asking her about her new position as a writer for WWE without any previous wrestling experience. I'm going to hammer that point home. Uh, and here's the quote. WWE did not require me to know anything about wrestling, but I do have a background in film production and comedy writing, and they're like, perfect, come on in. Surprise. <laughs> so I am on the Monday Night Raw team. So there's Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown. And the people I know that are on it are Bobby. His name is Bobby Ashley or Bobby Lashley. And I really should know that. He's like this giant black guy. And he and the people who are part of his crew, I know that they call, or at least as of last year, they call themselves the Hurt Business. They wear suits and they're like, we're cool, end quote. She was promptly fired uh, within 24 hours. <laughs> I don't know what's more funny. The fact that they hired her and she had no idea of what it was or your fucking impersonation right there. They're like, oh, my God. And I know you're just reading it, but like the voice was I could see her. I'm hearing it. That was awesome, man. That's oh, fantastic. 
<sighs> wow. Not fantastic. Not fantastic at all. It exposes every... And the best part is WWE is like, oh, yeah, it makes us look stupid. Uh, the fact that you hire comedy writers to do all of your s- scripting for your shows, I think that makes you look more like idiots or anything. You know, when I see five weirdos dressed in toga stabbing a guy in the middle of the park in full view of 100 people, I shoot the bastards. That's my policy. You know that they were just... Uh redoing Shakespeare in the park, right? <laughs> you killed five actors. You killed five actors. Good ones. <laughs> huh. Jane, Jane. That name will always remind me of her. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love in the third one, Priscilla Presley, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The chick keeps shaking her hair, or shaking her and her hair, hair changes. Change. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's funny that... After Elvis dies, she's like, I'm going to do movies with, with uh, I almost said Liam Nielsen, uh, Leslie Nielsen. And it's like, of all people, in all the types of movies, she could have did any kind of drama she wanted and probably would have become like an Oscar award. But she was, she went comedy. Yeah, Good for her. I know, man. Well. Yeah, hey. All right. Yeah, so I do love that uh, they are hired. That's kind of how I always felt when they hired Freddie Prince Jr. I was like. For what? What does he bring to the table? He's like, oh, the guys are great. I I know John Cena and stuff like that. Like, you know, I'm like, I want someone that has been a lifelong wrestling fan. Now, there are some actors that are out there that really are, but that's not who they're looking into. They're like, uh, you wrote for something on Comedy Central? Oh, great. Can you keep it PG? <laughs> oh, my God. All right, now let's... Just bring it, bitch! Oh my gosh! Do you want to go first? Do you want to go second? Because I see you have something written there. Well, I, I think you should go second only because I think your story is going to be better than mine. But fair. I'll go first. Uh, I've been trying since we've we've done this new segment. As I ha- think of random things, uh, I, I've been throwing it up, throwing it on there. So like the last three weeks, I've had planned out well in advance. I mean, I've even got one for next week. So a lot of these are just going to be random Aren't things. They may Mr. be current. Prepared. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be every once in a while. Sunshine's on a dog's ass. What can I say? Um, but uh, something I just happened to stumble across it once. Uh, and for those, <clears throat> excuse me, for those of you not familiar, I highly suggest that you go onto YouTube or even on Peacock and look for the WCW Monday Nitro match. Goldberg versus Lord Steven Regal. If you're not familiar with this story, Goldberg is on his rampage. He hasn't won the title yet, uh, but he's on his undefeated streak, and his matches are basically escorted by security, breathe in smoke, exhale smoke, spear, spear, jackhammer, win. Rinse Cut. and repeat. Copy, paste. Yep, that's it. That's every match. Okay. So he gets into the ring with Steven Regal. And Regal just starts shooting on him, popping him in the head. And here's the funniest thing about it. It is Goldberg's most technically proficient wrestling match in his career. Now, the fucked up thing about this was, yeah, yeah, yep, exactly. And here's the thing. I could, I I thought about taking some notes and, and citing things. The problem is if you start looking or listening to shoot interviews with both Goldberg and Regal, their stories change over the years. Like earlier interviews, Goldberg is like, oh, no, man, it was cool. You know, it was good. He was, you know, 
you know, it was a different kind of match. We wanted to do something good. And then his most recent interviews are like, yeah, fuck that guy. He co- he completely was an asshole to me. Now, and a lot of people, and I, and I did, I read some articles where they're like, yeah, and that's why Regal got fired. But if you listen to Regal, he's like, listen, I did some other shit that they were about ready to can me for anyway. This was, if anything, the icing on the cake. It wasn't necessarily the reason. Uh, but yeah, Regal was fired, I think, within a month of this match. Uh, but when you watch it, it's almost uncomfortable because Regal doesn't Regal doesn't hold back. He throws some potatoes. But Goldberg does Goldberg does like a you know a toe drop you know drag you know he just it was his best he, wrestling match ever because I it was I, I did the same thing once I heard the stories of this years later I go huh I got to see this and if you watch I'm like we well, made him look good I'm like that's that's the best athletic match he had I'm like that's the most credible wrestling match that he had everything else was just being a football player in the ring oh and I'm sorry really the, the, uh, jackhammer. Yep, and, and and that's the thing. I, I, Regal got chewed out afterwards, and again, the stories change. But uh, you know, if nothing else, go out and watch that match. It's it's pretty interesting, especially when you know some of the backstory. Totally. Well, it's a shame that we already. I can't wait to hear this. Well, you, <laughs> you took my line. The midget at a urinal. It's perfect timing because I got to experience something fun here at Flagstaff, Arizona. At the Museum Club, famous Museum Club, where a lot of bands play. I've been there, and it was cool. And Micromania made their way there. And I saw the thing a while back that it was going to be in town. And I I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. Um, On a personal note, I had a very fucked up week last week. Just a lot of bad shit happening. And... I said on Sunday night, fuck it. I'm going to do this. I'm just going to go. Go do this by myself. I'll Uber to and from. Have a couple soda pops. And I knew it was gonna, what I was going to get into. But I didn't know what I was going to get into. General admission. And I, I sent you guys the picture, right? You, yeah. Front row, baby. I made sure to get there. I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm like, I'm going to put myself right up at the front. Because when I got uh, the ticket uh, ahead of time, I went to go do laundry. I, I, the bar manager's like, no, these guys are awesome. They love to interact with the crowd. He's like, I'm telling you, you're going to have a good time. And he told me that there's also another, it's kind of a two for show. After the Micromania, I know I told you I wasn't going to maybe bring this up, but <laughs> after know. Micromania, it's going to be Battle of the Busty Asian Women or something like that. And I go, oh, oh. Win-win. But didn't stay for that because by the time the wrestling was over, I had to bounce. I got a job. But everyone who works there, so cool. Um, I, I met a guy who used to tag with Gangrel. And what we got, what we had in common was he had, the shirt I'm even wearing too is the Cobra Kai shirt. And I was like, oh shit, we're talking. Talking Cobra Kai. Then... Uh, or I go over to the merch table and I'm just kind of talking with everybody. And there's this lady, Tiffany, who's married to that that guy. And I'm I really I, I want to say Johnny. I, 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 I forgive or forgive me if I mess up his name. Why I say that is because I told him about the podcast. We were kind of shooting the shit and got into that. But then I'm over at the table and I meet uh, this chick who, by the way, just everybody who's working here at this time, minus that guy, Johnny, who's wearing the Cobra Kai. Everybody, midgets, 
And I'm not using the word in an ill-mannered way. They were saying it nonstop all night because they're like, no, it's, there's nothing offensive with what we do. It's midget wrestling. Um, one of the funniest things when the show began, the guy goes, he goes, if you're here, you're a fan of wrestling. You're a fan of midgets. Maybe you're a fan of midget porn, and that's what brought you here today. It's fucking okay. awesome. Like everybody, like everybody was just cracking up. So I talked to Michaela, and I'm talking to Tiffany. Tiffany is the wife of that guy, Johnny, who's the announcer. And turns out Michaela, and this will maybe ring a bell for you, she is the granddaughter of Lord Littlebrook, very, very famous midget wrestler back in 70s and 80s. Um, and... Also related to, and I, I want to say her father is, or maybe an uncle, is Beautiful Bobby, who is a part of the Half Pint Brawlers, which was a show that was on TV for a while and everything with midgets, all midget wrestling. Um, it, very interactive. Everybody got introduced, and they had all these, you know, they had matches and stuff. Very cr- uh, crowd interactive, and, you know, we're all, like, like booing, having fun. One guy comes out to 50 cents in the club. He was 25 cent. Um, oh my God, best thing. And he looks like fuck 50 cent too. And in how he was all dressed and they go, and he is two inches from the floor. I was like, that's so fucking, <laughs> but so everybody, you know, they all their matches. It goes to break. Now I was sitting there ahead of time, listening to the people talking and the merch, stuff like that. And he goes, do you think we're going to be able to do grind a midget tonight? And he goes, I think there's enough people here for it. I think we can get it going. I go, what the fuck did he just say? And I go, oh, I'm really in for something. Halftime, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go uh, see if there's chicken nuggets anywhere around for myself and get a beer. When I come back, ladies are lined up and two wrestlers come out. One is a lucha mask guy. Who came out to Suavemente. Oh my god. Everybody just had awesome music. Like some came out to like ACDC. It was just fun. But two wrestlers. One, his name was like Dylan Michaels. And he wore Heartbreak Kid type pants. (laughs) And the other one was, you know, in a lucha setup. And they both lay on the ground. Four different women are in the ring. And you get like 10 seconds to go and grind on a midget. And the crowd cheers on the winner. Crowd one. <laughs> that sounds pretty kinky, but I like sex the way I play basketball, one on one with as little dribbling as possible. Uh, dude, it was funny because like both guys keep looking over at each other, and like the first girl was like really reserved because like the second one just went like uh, ham, huh? Yeah, well, right to the face. And, oh wow! But it's funny after the last one. I leaned in because again, where it's all interactive. I'm dude. When I'm telling you I'm next to the ring, I mean it's no farther than I'm at my fucking table right here, right now. Like I could touch the the mat the whole time, and I I lean over. I go, "You got a boner to Dylan Michaels," and he looked down and started laughing. We were fucking with each other. Oh my god, it was hysterical. So, grind a midget. Main event match. I meet uh, some people who are sitting near me and stuff, and it, it's kind of like. Uh, table setup like there's tables and chairs that you could sit at but then all like round tables but then also they had chairs right along the ringside i was at a table and i some people are like do you mind if we sit with you no oh, man it's cool in the main event the crowd fight comes into or the, i'm sorry the fight comes into the crowd they're going all over the place and they come right over 
and take the guy behind me, spin him around in his chair, spread his legs, and kayfabe throws his head into that dude's junk. It was fucking hysterical. What do I start doing? One more time. One more time. And he looks and he goes, okay. Turns over and does it again. This one was to his knee. Oh my God. I was cracking up, dude. I was like, this is amazing. Match is over. It was like a fatal five way. And uh, Michaela got in there. Everybody, Everybody on the roster fought in the main event for the title. Afterwards, if you want, you can pay to basically purchase a cookie sheet that everybody assigned and you get to get in the ring and hit in the head with that cookie sheet. Best $20 I've ever spent on a fucking cookie sheet. You pay $20 to get hit in the head? Yeah. In the ring by Michaela. I got that you had to get down on your knees. Everybody had to. And I put my arms out. I was like, just do it. And you and the guy was like amping the crowd up. She cracked me right in the head. He didn't feel it. It felt like tinfoil, dude. No, no one sold. It was more like you're just like, oh, I got hit by a wrestler. Stood up, hugged her, and laughed. But fucking funny. But the problem is, guess what I did? Forgot my cookie sheet. So really, Uh. I just have a video of me getting hit. For 20 bucks, but I'm going to be posting it to our Facebook page. Nice. Dude, it was an outstanding event. The staff, the bar owner was really, really cool, too. Um, everybody, just awesome place. It was a good time. Um, and because I told the guy earlier in the day or in the night that I have a podcast, I go, and he's like, oh, he's like, how big is that? I was like, ah, I wouldn't use that big. <laughs> But at the end, he goes, and Mark, actually, as I'm walking out of the ring, he goes, has a, a, a wrestling podcast. What's the name of it again? I go, Top of Wrestling. He goes, Top of Wrestling. I go, oh, cool. So, hey, if anybody made their there way here from Micromania, thank you. I appreciate it. And like I said, best $20 of my life. And if you got my uh, cookie sheet or baking sheet or whatever, good for you. <laughs> All right, man. Well, it's time to get into the DeLorean. Marty! You've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. What are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? What, we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! You want a war? You're going to get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. My God, the battle lines have been drawn! Beat Generation X invades WCW tonight! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass! Have a nice day! We got you! Police work is dangerous, and that's why I carry a big gun. What if it goes off accidentally? (laughs) I just think of baseball or wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great one. All right, man. It is, what is it, June 1st? (coughs) Or July July 1st, 1st. I mean? July 1st. Wow, I'll, I'll be there. July 1st. I can't believe it is the summer of 96. If you have... If you're anything like me and a full fucking moron, you would know that 
or you wouldn't know that apparently this is exactly 25 years ago. We're like, oh, this weekend in 1996. How about we just start saying, let's go back 25 years. And that's exactly what we have to do. I texted you and you go, yeah, I know. All right, whatever, dude. <laughs> yeah, but I just never said anything about it. You, th- you thought we would have sold it a little bit, you know? Oh, I th- it was it was hysterical. My uh, my bad to anybody else that, you know, already knew that. And now you think I'm an idiot because I am. Anyway. Hey, man, let's talk uh, raw you're, you're, nitro. Yeah, what you were too it? busy trying to save the end zone layer. <laughs> um, Dude, raw opens up with Shawn Michaels click cam. Uh, click cam. Sorry about that. Um. And he is going to be facing Marty Jannetty. What? What'd I say? Were, were you excited about this match when you saw it advertised? Yeah. Last week when we talked about it, I was like, yeah, here yeah. we go. It's going to be great. It was all right. I mean, it, it wasn't like yeah. their best. I actually prefer the Intercontinental title one they had where uh, Marty comes out of the no- out of nowhere, out of the crowd, and challenges them, and then later that night gets a match, wins a title. That was one of my favorite ones with them because – it was just exciting. But this one was all right. And you have Jim Cornette and Leaf <laughs> Garrett, Leaf Cassidy yeah. in the corner. <laughs> and it was a lot of, you know, move for move. It was expected. Um, it was the same thing that as a kid, you know what I mean? The same thing from back when in 93 to there. A lot of back and forth. It was good. Um, and, of course, obviously, Sean takes the win. And post-match... Leaf Cassidy tries to jump uh, Shawn Michaels and fails. And then Jose Lothario socks Jim Cornette. That was the best part of the match. It was. That's I was like, huh. It's the only thing I really liked out of that entire segment was that. And it went in a couple of segments. Oh, they, they go back to superstars. My God, I remember watching superstars when this happened. As I told you, you know, when certain things go on in life, you can't always get to watch uh, Raw on a Monday night or whatever it was. The summertime here, heavily, I was going back and forth with Monday Night Raw and and Monday Nitro. But I loved my Saturday morning superstars, and it's like 10 or 11 on Fox, right? And I remember it vividly so well. Sonny getting slopped by Phineas. You got to say it like Vince. She got slopped. (laughs) It was, uh, it was a funny segment because Sonny does the, I love you. And and she, you know, gets ready to give him a kiss, you know, smoking guns are kind of at ringside and she ends up slapping saying, do you think I would be with someone like you? Um, and they jump, jump him. And that's when the whole slopping happens. Um, I remember having the magazine that came out right after, and it was the cover of it with him slopping. And you know, the song, Sonny, every day in life was filled with rain. The sunny one. So true. I love you. Old sixties jam. Anyway, the front cover says, Sonny, once so true, I slopped you. And I was like, oh, it's awesome. Great play on a great song. I, I just <laughs> personally thought it was a great thing. But, dude, at this point, she may very well be the best goddamn heel in the company. While watching this back, I'm like, her heel work was pretty good because she was 
that bitch that you're like, oh, if I could hit a woman, oh my god, when you, like you see like how she's, uh, you not like that. Well, <laughs> yeah. If she was a wrestler and wanted, if she was China and she fought me in a ring and and she we shook hands on it and said, okay, we'll fight, then I would hit her. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never hit a girl, but I shake the shit out of one. <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. Um, it seems like every match has someone on commentary, by the way. I, I don't think we've called this out, but this every match was, has someone on commentary all the time. Extra. This was uncomfortable. Yes. Oh, my God. So Duke the Dumpster Drossy is taking on Mankind, and his next opponent is going to be Jake Roberts. So naturally, he's on commentary, and they're going to be fighting at the next pay-per-view, which is uh, what International Incident, where a crowd of aliens mm-hmm. will be there. And the entire match is Lawler. Now, I remember the recap when these guys end up fighting at some pay-per-view down the line. I remember the recap of him saying all these things, but watching and listening through the entire thing, good thing as a kid I didn't understand some of this shit because, like, as an adult, it's fucking uncomfortable. He is hitting on his alcohol jokes hard, saying his uh, breath could bleach hair, um... When he sweats, he's a fire hazard. Which that was all right. That's that was a good one. Drink, drinking out of a brown paper bag. Oh my god! Yeah, and so Jake went to say something about how his heart beats to the sound of a different drum, and he couldn't get it out, and he started stuttering and mumbling. And I go, Jesus Christ! I'm like. Lawler stuff is coming true right now. Like, the way you're making it sound and look. And then Lawler even goes, what? You're stumbling over your words. I go, holy shit. Um, doesn't uh, drink and drive because he's afraid he's going to bump and spill his drink. Yeah. Now, the match, I uh, the post-match, this is what I actually remembered the most is... Guys like you, you're supposed to turn the other cheek, right? Yeah, and then he fucking bitch slaps Jake hard. And just as Jake starts... Oh, yeah, does the twice, yep. Um, And as uh, Jake starts to go after him, Mankind jumps in, helps him, kind of chokes him out. But it was just... The whole segment was just the most uncomfortable thing. And I'm like, again, and that's on the Peacock Network. If you're watching, you know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. I'm like, that's... Someone did not do their editing job. The whole thing, like I said, just very, very uncomfortable. Um, option six on the superstar <laughs> line. Why is the ultimate warrior in the doghouse? Call hit option six. Yeah, so there's some funny shit about this because we talked about it at the last pay-per-view. Uh, and I kind of blew by it, but that was Warrior's last pay-per-view. It was, and something that I know is what next week is. Yep. Next week, he is taking on Owen Hart. And if you don't know that, that is Warrior's last match. So here is what I want to throw out, though. I think that this... No, 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 Next week was taped on this night here. Why I say that is for them to go option six, he's in the doghouse, blah, blah, blah. Warrior didn't know he was being canned until obviously right after that, right? Mm. 
I think this is one of their taped episodes that comes up, and they just taped Warrior and Owen later that night because what the fuck are you going to do? Maybe it got taped before. Who knows? You could. I'm just saying that that's uh, found that to be I very who interesting. I wonder who they're going to get to replace him in International Incident. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> hey, maybe Warrior will be the third man. Uh, Goldust versus Mark Marrow, so we need a wrestler on commentary. Let's get Steve Austin. Which I like. I, I really do like. Uh, Marlena. Wow, I could have saved that line about the... And a pair of breasts. No, but... goddamn, she is stunning. I forgot. Like She, she was distracting at wing at ringside. Because I was like... Especially just sitting there smoking the cigar, too. Like, she, she was so badass cool. Didn't break character, either. Like, always a stone-cold no, face. No, she was stone-cold, yeah. yeah. Or, uh, yeah, stone-faced, yeah. Um, but this stogie happens to be, like, extra huge, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. This is, like, one of the biggest fucking cigars I've ever seen. I know what they're trying to get at, but, yeah, anyway. Um, they have a commercial, and Doc Hendricks is selling the Attitude Adjustment Tour. Uh, oh, God, I hate those commercials. And... What's that? I hate those commercials. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it has, like, the, the brain thing that was going on. The guy on that here. looks like he's... Getting electrocuted in the head or whatever. It looked like Requiem for yeah, a Dream. Yeah, that's not what I was going to say, but he was asking for the strongest thing they got, and he said, I never, you know, on second thought, just give me a black Russian. Cuban? Dutch Irish. <laughs> Dutch <was> Irish. <laughs> oh, man. But then we get back from break, and Marlena is messing with Sable, and that distracts Mark Merrow for him to lose again. Now he's a, he's pretty much on a losing streak now. It was just kind of interesting. Because he just yeah, was on right. a major winning streak. Two in now. a row. Yeah. So here we go, man. Let's talk Nitro. Take it away. ODM. All right. This is our Bash at the Beach Go Home show. Shivani and, uh, oh, my God, why did I just blank? Zabisco are doing their intro. I got to do DDP this. And, do Larry. And, uh, the, yeah. His head thing, I always love. He did it. Yeah. Every show. It's signed awesome. On, signed off, both ways. Loved it. Just. Absolutely. Uh, DDP interrupts him, kind of like you do to me. Uh, his Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Those okay. of you that can't see it, don't worry about it. It's not that yeah. important. Uh, DDP interrupts the intro. His Lord of the Rings ring has been stolen. He wants the building locked down and everyone searched. Um, man, I'd like to say that that paid off in dividends later on, but it just didn't. Um, nope. So uh, they do a recap of last week's main event where Hall and Ash show up with the aluminum baseball bats. You have to remember that they're aluminum. Uh, so it's Steiner Brothers versus Harlem Heat for the tag titles because of the, the sketchy win last week. Uh, these guys have had several matches since we've been watching, and it always starts off with Rick and Booker T. And I'm not even mad. Uh, it's a great way to start off the match. Uh, Booker has uh is coming out on his entrance on his cell phone again uh they've got security surrounding the ring uh during the match the horsemen and all the ladies are at the vip section just watching the mask match um perhaps you didn't catch this perhaps you did there was a couple interesting things about this the match itself um wasn't anything to write home about and i'll get to the finish in a second during the match, during most of the matches on the show, they're talking about the Outsiders mm-hmm. and the upcoming match at Bash at the Beach. During this match, Zabisco says on Sunday, there will be a new world order. He actually, I wrote it down. I, he also said it in the very beginning of the show, too. 
this Sunday there will be a new world order. I go, I don't, I never remembered that. I didn't. I just thought they always just kept saying those outsiders, and I thought Hogan was the one that names them. Yep, because they don't show that on any of the, uh, yeah. So Right. uh, Interesting. Um, You said you had interesting takes on this. Does anything have to do with the table where they're all sitting with the horsemen? No. Um, No. I found it interesting. Just two plates of fruit and a giant platter with just baked chicken. Well, we we no that the VIP section varies from venue to venue. Some have the nice tablecloth, some don't. Some have a better spread than others. It was you just know. I found it interesting, and I was like, "There's no plates, no cups, nothing. Everybody's just just two bowls of fruit and a goddamn huge platter of baked chicken." I had to hey, zoom in. I like baked chicken. I'm good with that. that. I'm like, it even looked uncooked a little bit too. But all right, go ahead. It's prop chicken, you know. Uh, anyway. So, like I said, Booker's been on the phone, and they've been talking about how uh, in previous weeks it's been Sister Sherry that they've been on the phone with. Uh, well, during the match, uh, Colonel Rob Parker comes down out of nowhere. Um, there was a, he, And then he's got his wallet out randomly. He's muttering something. You can't hear what it is. Um, we get to a point in the match where nobody, including the ref, seems to know who the legal man is. Rob Parker gets involved and uh, hits uh, Rick Steiner with the cane. They get the pin. It wasn't until after the match was over that I remembered back in late 95, there was the storyline where Sister Sherry was the manager for Harlem Heat and was in a love affair with Colonel Parker. Yeah, they brought that back. Of all the things you could have brought Right, but I mean... I always, I man, I love when she was Sister Sherry. I love, love oh, her yeah. as their manager. Um, I don't know. I kind of, I was like, meh, to the Robert Parker one. But I'm like, it, like you also just won the tag team titles. You obviously didn't need them prior to that. That's just, you know, my own personal opinion. Um, dude, I never realized, though, how many title matches that Nitro produced, man. And I every love week. it. It got you in every week. Generally, there's a world title match, minimum, <laughs> and like either cruiserweight or world title. It's just every week there was a title on the line. It made you want to watch. If there is no titles on the line on Raw, who gives a fuck? It's just another match to have a match. Yeah, and we and we can say it without uh, any any doubt that this week Nitro was a thousand times better. Raw was just awful this week. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. I they spent way too much time on that uh, Jake and Lawler thing that it kind of made me just not really give a shit about the rest of Raw. Like, yep. I didn't even really care about the last match. I was just like, that was odd. Even the Sunny <laughs> recap went long, you know? It did, yeah. <clears throat> and the Jannetty-Michaels match was half the episode. It, it literally was, yeah, was, was half say the it episode. It was almost, what, 20, 30 minutes? Yep, uh, 24, I think. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, and insane. they started right away. <laughs> Marty was already in the ring, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so right. that's... They were ready to go. Absolutely. Uh, so after the match, we go back to the VIP section. Of course, Mean Gene is there. Uh, they're hyping the eight-man tag. It's going to be the Horsemen uh, later in this episode. Uh, Horsemen against the Rock and Roll Express, Joe Gomez and Renegade. Um, Liz is still spending Macho's money. Uh, one of the ladies says something to Gene about, oh, you had fun on the yacht the other night. And Gene's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I loved it. Uh, so just fucking great. Um, I love Gene. I was distracted the entire time. I'm sure you were. There was a lady that had what I thought was three belly buttons. 
but it was just her tits were sagging that down. This fucking lady, I don't think she was wearing a bra. They were. It was an old lady. They were just like sagging down so far that like Jesus the nipples Christ. were in the okay. row of a belly button. <laughs> I'd say I'd have to go back and watch it, but I don't know that I want to. I took a picture. I'll send it to you. Oh, fantastic. Oh, God, that would have been a great screenshot. We're not using that for our episode. No, I well, I already <laughs> thought about that. You know, I'm like, we got to keep our our uh, logos, I guess, not PG, but PC, we'll call it, because I don't, I don't want to, you know, maybe yeah. maybe she came that, from that, a that. line of families that had just, you know, a family that just had really, really big, saggy tits. I don't know. All right, wrestling, that is, the wrestling that is, match. What? <laughs> that is not how you want a podcast to die. A parachute not opening. That's a way to die. Getting caught in the gears of a combine. Having your nuts bit off by a Laplander. That's the way I want to go. <laughs> Her crying every five seconds. Uh, but you should probably fill out that uh, organ donor card just in case. Good news. We were able to save your husband's arm. Where would you like us to send it? I can promise you this. Not one man on the force is going to sleep or rest until we find his killer. All right, now let's go get some lunch. <laughs> uh, after this, we got a Glacier promo. Hooray. Um, the the worst thing, and it is getting progressively worse as we do this throughout the weeks. So I'm going to readjust my posture and my microphone, so I apologize for any noises, because this is what really grinds my gears. Is this your hatred for the for a guy? I fucking hate Disco Inferno. I'm going to reemphasize that every fucking week. How much, what a schmuck he is. It's no wonder he probably had Vince Russo's cock in his mouth half the time. It's probably why they got along so well. He's a fucking idiot. And then they've got Kurosawa. I'm like, I have no idea who this guy is. I'm like, but he looks pretty badass. And he's he's stiff in the ring. So I'm like, okay, cool. Um, (laughs) Heard him. (laughs) Randomly during the match. Disco shitty music plays. The disco ball drops. Another Disco Inferno comes out, distracts Kurosawa. Disco hits him with the the disco ball and gets the win. It's the worst thing I've seen since we've started doing this. Fuck Disco Inferno. Anyway. Ten second dance break. (laughs) That was about the equivalent of it. Just the disco ball just randomly comes down and he starts dancing. Man, I can't wait. This is going to be a weekly thing of you losing your shit about Disco Inferno. I love it's, it. It's going to get increasingly worse. It's going to get increasingly worse. Uh, next, we had Scotty Riggs versus DDP. Um, I don't know if they did or not, but it seems like at this point, the American Males got new music. The American Males, the American Males, the American Males, the American Males, the American Males. That's their entrance music, by the way. Yeah, fantastic. They don't clap as much. Uh, DDP is searching everybody on the way to the ring for his ring. Uh, during the match, there was a Duggan promo where he's talking about his sissy ring that he lost. You know, I don't wear rings. I carry a two-by-four. Um, yeah. And tape next DDP to my dick. wins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> DDP wins and then does an interview with Mean Gene. Moving on. What I did not expect to see on tonight's program, and I was pleasantly surprised to see, was motherfucking Greg the Hammer Valentine. And no less against fucking Macho Man. I was like, awesome. yo, this is an 80s dream for me right now. This is <laughs> exactly. awesome. I was so happy. As soon as I saw Valentine come out, I go, huh, okay. I'm like, I think last time we saw him, it was in a match with Hacksaw or something like that, but then... Probably. Uh, yeah, but yeah. then... 
holy shit, Randy Savage comes out in the red and white uh, getup, the hat paint. and pants, yep. but then also his face paint was the same. It was awesome. Yep. Uh, Valentine's music, probably the best music I've heard so far for any entrance theme. Go back and listen to that shit if you didn't pay attention. Dude, it's fucking great. I want that. I want that. I may, have to, I may have missed it. I'll have to look into it. Yeah. It was dope. Uh, Macho well, he Rex came from VIP having booth. absolutely fucking zero music. He just used to come out to silence. He was one of those yep. guys that never had an entrance music unless when he was in rhythm and blues with Honky. Other than that, he didn't have yeah. an entrance <laughs> theme ever. Yeah. We try to forget that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Macho Rex of VIP booth. Shivani teases hey, that Valentine. You say you try to forget it. Rhythm and blues was an amazing, amazing team. The truth hurts. Not as much as jumping on a bicycle without a seat, but still hurts. <laughs> Good one. That works. That works. Thank I you. like it. I like it. Um, <laughs> you threw me off. We're, we're, we're transitioning. Uh, I like the way they did the timing on this one because uh, they teased. You know, they got the little dynamite timer, or I guess nitro timer, even though it's a stick of dynamite. Uh, Macho hits the elbow drop and gets the pin with about two, three seconds left on that timer. And then the, the pyro goes off after he gets the pin, and they cut it over to Bischoff, who's back on commentary. Nice. I like the way they timed that. It was just good production. Production, uh, professional wrestler in Macho and Greg, knowing the exact time that they need to hit that elbow, take the win, and go on to the next hour. It was very well timed. And, again, you needed the two pros to do that. You couldn't go... All right, American males, you guys are going to do... <laughs> Disco no, Inferno. No, that would not have worked. Disco Inferno, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, so Bischoff uh, kicks it off. He, he's happy to be back. Uh, crowd is chanting Weasel. Uh, Bischoff addresses the outsiders, specifically Nash. Uh, it's the first time they've used either of their names that I've noticed. Yep, um, it is the very first time because probably because now the it's signed, right? The contract or whatever is signed for them to be fighting this coming Sunday, so... You have to have names. They can't just be called those outsiders and be called big guy and medium man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Heenan is still concerned. You know, he's constantly looking over his shoulder. You hear the oh, crowd he sells it great. He does. You know, he's fantastic. And throughout the whole episode. Uh, so this is the infamous. The outsiders show up. They've got a bags of popcorn and sodas or pops. Um and uh, they go to the front row, and they get confronted by security, and they have tickets, and that's the favorite. That is my favorite, one of my favorite of uh, Scott Hall, where he hands the ticket over, and he goes, you know, he kind of motions to him, and he does the, oh, I'm so scared, and he does yep. the little salute. And, oh, he did multiple great. so scareds on this, on this <laughs> night. I loved it. <laughs> so great. One of my favorite things. Uh, so, yeah, so they do that. Uh, cut to commercial, and guess what? Since it's hour two, obviously time for another Glacier promo. <laughs> They never stop coming. Uh, that, yeah, it's oh, it's gonna stop coming soon. Trust me. All right. Yeah, after that, we've man. got yeah. <laughs> as you mentioned, uh, a weekly world championship title match. Uh, John Tenta this time versus the Giant. Um, they they hype on commentary that security is called for reinforcements. Um, Giant slams Tenta. Actually, gets a decent pop. I, I was kind of surprised. It was really cool. I was watching Hall Scott Hall. You know, he's obviously talking with Nash a lot, but Hall was also talking to a guy next to him. Had a kid, like an old 35-millimeter camera around his neck, looked like a tourist. Um, it was just every once in a while, I would just talk to him, and the guy was loving it. It, it was really cool to see. Uh, Tenta hit a fucking standing drop kick. 
I've never I seen him do that. Pretty... I don't think even as Earthquake I ever saw him do that. I think it's the second time I've seen him do it in WCW. I think he did it once against Bubba, maybe, actually. I could be wrong. You know, chicken nuggets and stuff. But uh... Well, true. So, yeah, so uh, Tenta pulls Hart into the ring. Sullivan actually comes in to make the save. Tenta grabs him. Giant gets in and choke slam and wins. A uh, whole dungeon is down at the ring. And now Tenta still has only half a head of hair. Well, now he's only got half of a beard because Bubba has shaved off half the beard. Do, do, okay. do, 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 do. Still wearing that awesome hat. <laughs> and, uh, well, so afterwards they do a uh, a little interview with Mean Gene in the dungeon. And, oh, God. Mm-hmm. Bubba and Tenta are going to have a silver dollar match at Bash at the Beach. But What's it's not a silver just a dollar silver match? dollar match. It's it, it's it's there's a sock full of silver dollars, and uh, naturally it's on top of a pole. And if you get to that first, you get to use it in the match. Okay, okay. That uh, Sullivan does it. Sullivan does a great job. It's better than Judy Bagwell on a pole, I guess. Uh, Sullivan uh, is really I great. Don't know. I this. rank that up there with my favorite match being Molina versus Alicia Fox. God damn it. <laughs> Sullivan does a great job because he's distracted by the outsiders, and at one point he actually powders right right in the middle of you know the interview. So it, it was good. Sullivan was good at you know you know even though he's the head of the Dungeon of Doom, he doesn't want anything to do with these outsiders. It was really interesting the way that he sold it. Um, after that, we actually got a Slim Jim spot. Fucking hilarious. Gotta love it. Uh, it wasn't that, a glacier Saturday- promo. It wasn't a Glacier promo. We got a Saturday night promo. And then we get a Rey Mysterio package. It was basically just a loop of the same six moves with his match with Malenko. But, you know, some cool music. And in the middle of it, Bischoff says, all right, stop the tape. And now we've got Nash and Hall coming out of the crowd. Uh, Nash says, oh, it looks like we're taking over early. Um, Drops an F-bomb, which is not edited on the Peacock Network. Which is fucking hilarious. Fucking hilarious. Um, basically the whole roster comes out. We got diesel chance. Yep. Nash starts chanting Attica. <laughs> oh my God. I loved it. And honestly, <laughs> and you still get the, Oh, so scared. He keeps bringing back. So scared. I was like, I love it. The fingers. I love it. He's so fucking great. Um, yep. Yeah, so there's that. All right. So this is what I want to talk about because it's just goddamn awful. The payoff. Mean, mean Gene is with Jim Duggan. Sorry if my dogs are barking. Um, basically, your Duggan feet, cuts a like promo. Are your feet hurting? Uh, no, my feet are fine. My actual dogs. My dogs are barking. Sorry, right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Wrong movie. I was going playing trains and automobiles. It was. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Where are you going with that one? Um, yeah. So uh, Mean Gene with Jim Duggan. Basically, the promo is that Jim Duggan was taking a piss and found the Lord of the Ring. On the men's room floor. Mean Jeans calls it the king of the ring. Oh, I didn't even catch it. (laughs) I stopped it and I rewound it. He says king of the ring. I probably missed it because, or just didn't think of it because last week was king of the ring in 96. And now this week we're doing the top of the king of the rings. I don't think I actually even caught that. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. It was so, fuck it, we're live, pal. Um, 
and, and then Doug, you know, and then DDP comes barging in, and Doug is like, I don't want your stupid ring. Throws it at him, falls on the floor. DDP goes to pick it up, and what does Jim Duggan do? Gets the roll of tape out of his shorts and wraps his fist up and clocks him. Hooray. Yep. Excellent payoff on the whole missing ring. So yeah, I know. off his finger yeah. while he was taking a piss. Duggan picked it up after not washing his hands and then <laughs> threw it back at him, reached into his dick, pulled out the tape that was wrapped around it, and clocks DDP. Yeah, excellent writing. Is Vince Russo already there? How many dicks is that? <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> dick, 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 dick. I can't not hear Macho doing it anymore. Now I feel like it. Tarantino's out. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. So we're on to our main event. It's the Rock and Roll Express, Joe Gomez and Renegade and the Four Horsemen. I'm glad you let me do these notes because similar to the end of King of the Ring, where it was like a lot of what the fuck is going on. It, it's it's the same with this one. Uh, the match starts. Benoit, when he comes into this match, man, the pop that he gets is fucking Massive. Eh, I wouldn't say massive. That's an over-exaggeration. Uh, but it was a solid pop. Uh, it just goes to show you, I, I mean, pretty much with the exception of Mongo, you know, these guys are all heels, but they're all getting cheers. Arn Anderson, Flair, and Benoit. And I think Benoit <laughs> almost next to Flair. Next to Flair. Uh, but, you know, fans are definitely behind him. Mongo only is in the ring a couple times. I think he does a body slam and an elbow drop, and that's really about it. Benoit is murdering it in this match. He is beating the shit out of people. But then we get to the finish, and that's where things just fucking fall apart. Gomez goes for a hot tag to Renegade. But it wasn't really a hot tag. It was more that Flair threw him through the ropes, and on the way out, he might have tagged Renegade. So Renegade just goes in and runs rough shot for about five seconds. Goes to the top rope. As he is going to the top rope, Mongo grabs the briefcase and just saunters onto the corner like nothing big's going to happen. As Renegade is jumping off the top rope, Mongo just launches the briefcase across the ring. Like, I'm guessing the spot was Mongo was supposed to hit him and knock him off. Renegade jumps off the top, and Mongo literally just throws the briefcase across the ring. I have never seen... Anything worse than that. Flair eventually just locks the figure four in and gets the win. Commentary was saying, oh, yeah, Mongo fumbled the briefcase. It was the worst. Fumble's a nice way of putting it. Yep, pretty much. And naturally, we get a Mean Gene interview afterwards. Uh, mean Gene telling Mongo that Mike Ditko would be disappointed in him. <laughs> um, the one thing I did find interesting was, because, you know, you've got Benoit there and you've got Woman there. Uh, Flair and woman are whispering each to each other. Like, like woman kind of calls Flair over and they're like doing an aside to each other. It was, it's, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall. I'd be interested to see what they were right. talking about or know what they were talking about. Uh, Flair cuts a promo cause he's going to be facing Conan for the U S title, which just interesting. I, the U S title is not something I, I envision Flair fighting for, but at all. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then obviously it ends with woman flirting with Gene, which is just always great. Oh, it was uh, awesome. and then after she got really in his face on this one. Oh yeah, definitely. It, you know the you know rubbing his chin and everything, and uh, it's oh, just I wish so I was great. Gene. <laughs> uh, and then, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know what? You know, you always talk about her. She is absolutely stunning. Absolutely. Yeah, dude, for real. Yeah, like fantastic. every time I'm out there, I'm like, she's the best one uh, yep. compared to Deborah, Elizabeth, and her. Deborah, I, I don't know, man. It was just like your typical whatever kind of blonde, right? And Liz still had it stunning, but. 
she woman was just so goddamn menacing that it was just god i yeah i loved watching her and i in watching each week reminds me how much i actually really liked her even back in the day too so yeah excellent yeah i i i think that she could tell from his little escapade in the shower that he was well endowed with courage <laughs> uh, episode <laughs> episode ends with uh Bischoff storming off because Hall and Ash are backstage and they're being ex- escorted by security into their Corvette. Um, and that's the infamous. How about I buy you guys a donut, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. And uh, My yeah. favorite thing is they're trying to get him into the vet and they're like, go, go, go. He's, hey, hey, easy. I got bad knees. And I go, <laughs> oh, even a 96. Cool. I, like, I thought that was just really funny that he said that. Inc- and then he gets Including goes, the hamstrings attached to it. Yeah. But then, and then in... Uh, in the car, he goes, hey, you guys couldn't even afford this if you pulled all your checks together. <laughs> they were awesome, man. He was on fire this entire episode. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, they were on fire. And that's the thing. I mean, let's be honest. Even without this, even without that stuff, I, I think this would be a better episode than Raw was. You know? Oh, absolutely. But this is just... It, it, it's taking it to the nth degree. It's just... Nitro right now, and it's funny, you know, because here's another thing that we haven't done, and I and you know, and I'll I'll pick up the uh, ball and run with it on this one, is uh, ratings, because right now this is when this is obviously when Nitro is going to go on their yeah. run. They've already started a couple weeks ago, so yeah, we'll start throwing that in there. But um, that's cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm even just to see how it grows each week and in which direction and how much and like if both even venture from it a little bit because of the competition. I'm, I'm that's cool. I like that. I'll, I'll I'll prepare it for next week where I've got, you know, we'll start at the beginning of the year just to show where we started off, and then I'll do the ratings for when we started reviewing the Monday Night Wars, uh, and then we'll do it current uh, just so cool. you can see, or maybe like when the outsiders showed up and just so we can see the progression. But it, it's definitely the run. Um, this is where, you know, things start changing. And, and you can see it in the product. It's not just a hindsight is 2020. You know, we're rewatching this with fresh eyes, right. and we're both judging it and – it's a slam dunk. It really yep. was the better show. Absolutely. And it was 25 years ago. Do you know that? I, I did not know that. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for... Best there is, the best there was, and the best that there ever will be. All two are more. So does rule. Yeah, they do. <laughs> The Moss Covered Three-Handle Family Grenadzel. It's me, Austin. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the questions. I didn't for the rock. This week's top topic. You know something mean, Gene? John Cena. Wrestling's not fake. <laughs> the Rolex wearing what? Diamond ring wearing what? Kiss stealing. Woo! Wheel and dealing. What? Limousine right. What? Jet flying. What? Son of a gun. ranking order and final decisions are a completely bias-based order based off the professor and ODM made it.
And as always, they like to let you know they have not worked in the business, but have been lifelong invested fans, much like you, our listeners. With not only their opinions involved, but with countless amount of hours of research done each week, they make sure to provide proper facts and history to back it up. However, they do know that your opinion may vary from theirs. If there is anything you want to chat about, bring to their attention. If there is something they missed or forgot, or you just want to let them know they are out of their freaking minds, feel free to shoot them a message on Facebook or Twitter, or email them at the top of wrestling at gmail.com. As always, they do appreciate all feedback and continued support. At the end of the day, they want to make sure that you do see the best of the best before you die. And now, this week's top topic. And the rocket's red glare. A bunch of bombs in the air. Look, it's Enrico Palazzo. <laughs> oh my god. I, that's probably that entire baseball game. Everything <laughs> is my favorite part of all three movies, I think. Strike? <laughs> Strike! <laughs> I looked up, hey, hey, hey. Feeling everybody up trying to find... <laughs> I, I must kill the queen. <laughs> and Reggie. it was under Poor third Reggie. base the whole time. <laughs> God, what a good... All of them. Wait, I will say, how funny is it that a former... WrestleMania uh, celebrity appearance was actually the villain, Robert Goulet. Yeah. It's so awesome. That, oh my God. It, and it was, a former, and a former Buffalo Bill. Oh yeah. And, and <laughs> former porn star. Yeah. Yeah. I love the part with Anna Nicole when he, he goes up from like her ankles and you see two totally different sets of knees. <laughs> uh, do you have Spartacus? <laughs> oh my god, the uh, cigarette? Yes, I know. <laughs> Those are good ones. That kind of stuff. Oh my god. Uh, all right. We are talking the top of the king of the ring. Sorry we go down these little movie tangents. It's what keeps us going because to be honest with you again we talk about top wrestling there's not a whole lot of top stuff going on out there i mean you would think people would be pretty excited about like kenny omega having multiple championships and stuff but it just seems i don't know oddly stale or push or maybe it's just because i don't really like seeing how the young bucks are with their nose rings and don Callis, all that stupid shit it's too clouded i'm not going to get into that we're talking top and we're talking one of my favorite favorite uh what do you want to call it uh specials of all time or pay-per-views that it became eventually this is the top of the king of the ring generally our top topics uh we do countdowns you know or ranking things out we're just going to kind of really talk about some of this and um I, I will say you know what you should actually while i'm starting to talk here that guy you asked me about you should like wikipedia how that happened we're gonna all get right. there but we are talking top of the king of the ring, and these are generally, well, used to be, for the most part, one-night tournaments, uh, and then it kind of became part of, like, your Raws or SmackDown and, and, you know, qualifying matches to the point where it used to be guys would even fight three times a night. Now it's just like the finals are going to be on the king of the ring pay-per-view. They just, yeah. Anyway. I do love the concept of tournaments. I've always been a fan of a one-night tournament. Maybe that's what it is. I'm a fan of one-night tournaments. But a lot of people generally think that the King of the Ring 
started when Bret Hart won in 1993. Well, that was just the first pay-per-view version of it. And back then, if you were not paying attention or watching that early in the 80s, you didn't know that the King of the Ring was actually a one-night tournament in for multiple years prior to it. The only year that they didn't have, unbelievably, which is weird, is the transition from 91 to when they officially made one in 93. There's some inconsistencies about the King of the Ring, and ODM and I are going to be talking about that, but let's talk about the very first ever King of the Ring was in 1985. In the finals, Don Morocco defeated the Iron Sheik, and he won the tournament. In 86, that is how we officially get King Harley Race, which he wins uh, defeating Pedro Morales in the finals. In 87, you have Macho Man Randy Savage, and he defeats King Kong Bundy in the finals. Now, it's funny because I remember the King Savage thing, and we're going to you know, kind of get down that road in a minute, but he was a king in 87, and I actually never knew it because, again, they really weren't televising this the way that they do now because, I don't know, you'd have to really click into Wrestling Challenge. I don't think they even put him on there, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but after that, in 1998, did you know this man was a king of the ring? 1988, I did not know that Ted DiBiase was king of the ring. Defeating the guy who just won it the year before in the finals, he, he defeats Randy Savage. Which is interesting, because in 1988, Macho Man defeats Ted DiBiase in the finals at WrestleMania Four for the world title. They traded uh, finals matches with each other. Never knew that. That's really, really cool. Um, In 1991, that is when Bret Hart defeats IRS in the finals. Man, could you imagine if it was King IRS? But Bret Hart won won it in 1991 and then followed it up in 1993, which is one of the more famous ones again because it was that first one. It was... Him versus Bam Bam Bigelow in the finals. The semifinals has probably one of my favorite matches of all time, and I think it's better than their SummerSlam 91 match. I'm talking about Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect. Both were face uh, faces at this time, and it was an unbelievable match. Best one of the entire card, which was you know also headlined with Hulk Hogan versus Yokozuna for the return title match and the flare in the face with the fire spot. Anyway. Yep. We're going to come to a halt right here at 93 because you asked me a question before we we started talking. You said, where the hell is King Haku? And I was like, yo, where's King Savage in 89? Wait a second. Even Duggan was king for a minute too. Because if I'm not mistaken, I think it went Haku to Duggan to Macho Man. If I'm not mistaken, that is how it went in 89 roughly, but... What did you find out? How the hell did King Haku become King Haku? Yeah, it, it's really weird here. Uh, so it, it seems that in 88, Harley King Harley Race actually had a stomach injury uh, that he got in a match against Hogan, and Haku was just given Race's crown and rechristened as King Haku. Uh, I wonder if it's because they were fa- both a part of Heenan family. <clears throat> yep. So uh, he faced Hogan on Saturday night's main event in October cemented his position as the king. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. He uh, then faced race again 
for the crown at uh, the Rumble in 89. Uh, then he lost it to Duggan. And then so, Duggan, yeah. in turn, lost it to Macho Man. And right after, I think, not too long after Mach- uh, WrestleMania five, when Macho dropped the belt, because then he became King Macho. Yep. Because he was he was already King Macho, uh, or Macho King. I'm sorry. The Macho King. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. I know. Yep. I, I was like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> he was Macho King when he was feuding with, um, Hogan, which is funny with Zeus, and then also Dusty and everything. Yeah. Yeah, because we yeah, because you're you're absolutely right. You and I remember. You want to call it the illegitimate reign of of the Macho King, as opposed yeah. to like him actually winning the tournament. Yeah, that's Which what we funny remember. to me. I've always I'm like, oh, he was a king. He was a real king. But I mean, he technically was at one point in time. He's a real king. Or, or when uh, I say he's got his own money, I mean he's got his own money. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's the wrong movie, but <laughs> oh, but it's never wrong to go back to the original reason that I think we started doing this is because Bark Like a Dog kind of, we are like, all right, here we go. We got to start doing movies more often. We have that and Soul Glow. That yep. and Soul Glow. You know what? Hey, hit the music. Just let your soul glow. Just let it shine through. Just let your never wrong to hear that song no <laughs> no it's, it's always a good time so in 1994 i think this was an unlikely winner i don't think anybody knew or ever anticipated that owen would be the guy that would win the king of the ring you had a razor in this tournament you had one two three kid there was actually some good competition in this one right here Unbelievable that Owen takes the win, and it's great because he declares himself the king of hearts. Awesome feud because it it was perfect. He loses at WrestleMania to Brett and then goes on to win the king of the ring. Has a reason to go for that SummerSlam cage match, which is one of my favorite matches as well. Um, Brett's king of the ring, actually I do want to go back, was cool because after he became a king, Jerry Lawler comes out and jumps him at the end of the pay-per-view, declaring he's the only real king, and that's when they have their whole summer-long feud of kiss my foot match and all that shit, and then we get Isaac Yank. Anyway, so, all right. No, that's years later we get Isaac. Um, Oh, God, I forgot about Isaac Yank. Actually, we get Isaac in this year right here in 1995, and that was the year that in the finals, I think everybody was like, yeah, Savio Vega's going to win. Fucking Mabel. Mabel. King Mabel, and then what we'll did that there. do for for us? He uh, shattered Undertaker's orbital socket. Exactly what I was going to bring up. I'm like, and you took out one of the best guys. But I I still love the return at uh, Team Deadman versus the King's Court with Mabel seeing Undertaker's mask at 95. God, that's one of my favorite Survivor Series 95. Love it, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Mabel. No one really cared for him as a as a king, but we just got done talking last week, of course, which was 25 years ago. 25. It was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Obviously, we covered the living shit out of that one last week, so we don't really need to go too much in depth. But if you want to talk about, you know, someone that was catapulted from being the king of the ring, 
this was one of the biggest ones of all time. I think Owen and Steve, you know, we'll talk towards the end and kind of see who had the best versus the worst, things like that. Um, followed up in 97 by the man who was actually supposed to win in 1996, Triple H. Now, he defeats Mankind in the finals, and that is where their entire summer-long feud kicks off, and we get Cactus Jack, we get Dude Love, everybody makes an appearance somehow in this, and they have a banger of a cage match at that SummerSlam 97. See the path that keeps going here, or the uh, the trend? You know, it was always paying off around SummerSlam somehow. Mabel got his shot at Diesel, actually, at that SummerSlam uh, 95, which was probably the absolute worst SummerSlam of all time, uh, SummerSlams of all time. And it sucks because it has Razor and Michaels 2 for the ladder match. And they were, what do you like to say? You can't uh, <coughs> catch lightning in a bottle. You know what I mean? You can't yep. purposely try to recreate this. I think uh, I have a bad feeling that SummerSlam 96 might be one of the worst ones. We'll see when we rewatch That's it. That's true. We are we're rapidly getting there soon too. Man, it's amazing Poor how Leon. we're like, yeah, we'll start in April. I'm like, I just want to get to the bash at the beach, man, and we're here. Oh, <laughs> so we're there. Oh man. Um, in 1998, this is where I was. I personally was pissed. I remember watching this one because everybody remembers. The last two matches, of course. The the Hell in a Cell match with Taker and Mankind, and of course, Austin losing his title in the first blood match to Kane. Kane's only Kane. WWE title match or title win ever, which lasted all of a day. And but this one, the the King of the Ring was won by Ken Shamrock, defeating, which made everybody pissed at that boy's house. We all watched this. The Rock. I think everybody was like, there's no way you're not going to push the rock right now. And they, you know, they, they didn't push it, but it's funny because these guys also just fought at WrestleMania prior and the rock had kind of, well, didn't shamrock win, but then didn't let go of the ankle lock or some shit like that. And they reversed. It was some stupid shit like that. So shamrock gets his win over him, but nothing ever happened of it. He joined the corporation later. um, But, Nothing yeah. really of being the king, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying you got to wear a crown, but because that's the other thing is that Mabel did it, which was fine, but if I'm not mistaken, going back, I think Triple H fucking stomped on his the night that he wins it. So like Austin <laughs> never even acknowledged it. Uh, yeah. I think Owen might have worn it a few times. I think to the ring Brett after. and Owen both wore it. Night of, and maybe I think Owen may have done it like for a Raw later or something like that, like that right. following Raw. But no, no one really wore the stuff, and now it's funny because now they ham it the fuck up with like King Corbin and shit, which we'll get to. But yeah, Shamrock, I really don't think really prospered much out of becoming the King of the Ring, and I like to think no. that the King of the Ring was a stepping stone, kind of like winning the Money in the Bank ladder match or something, you know. I mean. You'd already shit on the Intercontinental title pretty much around this time, so it didn't matter. You needed something that stepped people up. And speaking of stepping people up, here we go again. Billy Gunn, Mr. Ass, wins King of the Ring, defeating former uh, stable member X-Pac in the finals. And in 2000, thank God, they said, we're going to change it up and actually give someone who really should be worthy of it Kurt Angle. 
funny enough is I think he'd already won the world title at this point. I think in late 99 is when Kurt... No, 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 no. Late 2000s when he wins it. So, again, this is another catapult, right? You're yep. stepping people up. And he defeated Rikishi in the finals. Rikishi was being pushed really, really good at this time, and it's right before he becomes a heel, uh, I did it for the Rook. So it, it was <laughs> they were doing the right thing with this King of the Ring here, and he had some great matches. And then the following year, Kurt stole the goddamn show because he not only competed in two King of the Ring matches, but also this is the one where he fights Shane McMahon and that infamous uh, going through the glass spot. Yeah, that was not going through the not glass. For, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you for the correction on that. Um, but Edge won in 2001, and that again, here you go. You're showing that this is someone that can be a star on our roster as a singles guy. And it was cool because when he won, Christian was acting like he won, which was kind of funny. Uh, like it was a team yeah. thing. And then that's where they split and the whole thing kind of begins and they go back and forth. It was awesome. And again, it, it showed you that edge can be a singles guy. And then right after that, you see him go to SmackDown and become one of the SmackDown six previous episode. In 2002, they end the streak of having the King of the ring. Again, 92 is the only one they didn't do one <clears throat> for some weird reason. Um, but I think it was like in prep of knowing they were going to do the pay-per-view. I don't know. But in 2002, this is the last time that we had a King of the Ring pay-per-view at all. And it was Brock Lesnar defeating Rob Van Dam in the finals. There was no way anybody thought different of who was going to win this this King of the Ring. He was unstoppable. He was beating the living piss out of both Hardys on a regular basis on Raw and guys like RVD. You knew he was just going to plow through everybody and win. And what did that win get him? SummerSlam 2002 with The Rock winning the title. It was awesome. Yep. But then they take a four-year hiatus, and we finally get it back. It's a SmackDown-type tournament. And Booker T fights... Uh, Bobby Ashley or Lashley. I don't know, whatever his name is. <laughs> they they're wear like really suits cool and they're like, suits. we're cool. <laughs> it's such a fun, it's awesome. But here's a weird trend. I don't know if you've caught it, but from here on out, everybody is a goddamn heel that wins this. And I, and it's like, you have to have someone be a heel because they also got to wear the crown. And every one of these guys did just that. Yep, I'm like, they went the wrong way with this tournament. I wasn't happy with it, but let's go on with the rest of the the list here. So Booker T becomes King Booker. I liked his. He had a good royal court, things like that. He it, he actually played it a good way, and it stepped up. Other guys, I want to say, he had Fit Finley was in there. Um, not the Bashams. I think they were with JBL, but y- you get what I'm saying. Like, it, it helped raise other talent that's cool and at this point booker t in his career i mean it was you know what do you you know it was it, it made a hey scene man i'm sorry top, it took but... 48 years for uh triple h to pin you at wrestlemania 19 so we're gonna <laughs> let you have king of the ring um in 2008 i'm obviously gonna say i was disappointed in the finals because of i have a huge punk fan but the right guy but... won 
William Regal winning it. And that match was great. That whole that whole tournament, I remember they were doing a lot of it on Raw, and that's actually where it all ended. Um, Regal, he ran the gauntlet and did a great job throughout the tournament. So you were like, it's cool because he was really heelish at this time. But he's also showing that he's a veteran, too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like when he was doing the – when he came over in like 2002, 3, 4, all that stuff, he was in comedic-type roles. Right now, he's showing you that he's a ring general. I mean, shit, you just talked about what he did to Goldberg. You know what I mean? So that's exactly right down the line. He, I think it was. He's at the end of his career, too, at this yeah. point. So. And I think it was well-due. I don't think anybody really at the, on the roster at the time would have been able to really carry that moniker the right way. And he was coming out wearing those robes, and it was cool. Here's the last two that I absolutely hated. So that that was uh, or last the next two I hate, uh, but that was in 2008. In 2010, Sheamus defeats John Morrison. Okay, I get it because Sheamus, you know, I mean, we're we're trying to push him, and he beats Cena down. I think at the end of this year, um, I really just wanted Morrison to win. I think it, it, probably than anything, just because I, I thought it would be a good catapult for him. I know I keep saying that word over and over, but or a stepping stone for Morrison. It is because what it is, yeah. At this time, Morrison was really, really getting over. But then after this, he was pretty much gone within a year or two, knowing that they weren't going to really push him the right way. Um, I just don't know if Sheamus really needed it. And speaking of someone who really did not need it in 2015. King Barrett. Now, he was Bad News Barrett, and then all of a sudden they make him a king. He's King Barrett, and that's pretty much how he goes out, being in the, uh, what was that team? The United Nate No. Ah, uh, uh, the middle? The jobbers. No. Yeah. Seen as bitches. Seen as bitches. That's what it was. Seen as bitches. <laughs> I like that. That's a really good one. He, de- he defeats Neville in the finals. Again, I kind of thought, Neville was going to win this one. I was really, really. Neville would have been a good king. Neville, Neville would have been a good king. Yeah, just kind of. Again, it's it's King of the Ring is like you're a great wrestler. You know, you it used to be you're doing it in multiple matches in the same night, but now it's just one match <clears throat> a week. It's a way to elevate somebody. You elevate somebody. Exactly. Like somebody that kisses people's asses. And somebody that kisses Vince's ass and follows. Are, the wait, are you talking line. about our most recent King of the Ring? Oh, I don't know. Maybe, possibly. Wow, I think you have the same hatred for Baron Corbin that you have for Disco Inferno. <laughs> no, I don't. I've actually defended Baron Corbin several times, and while I am very disappointed because you and I, I think, are in the same boat, in 2019, we thought Chad Gable was going to win King of the Ring. We all that's the it way it seemed Because that's out. when he was really on his, his own singles push and everything. He split from Jason Jordan um, prior to that. But then, and not only did Corbin win this, he then starts calling him Shorty G or how I'm is he the one that originally started calling Gable Shorty G like it's just, uh, it might have like, it might have started with him it might have even started before their match at God King of the Ring I feel like you you see what I mean it's like you went completely downhill and ass backwards with what you're supposed to be doing when it came to the King of the Ring now we are hearing that there might be one here in 2021 or maybe even 2022 I hope so and if you guys do it please do it the right way and for once okay. Good in luck the first with that. time What's that? Good luck with that. I yeah. said, good luck with that. Um, but for the first time, let it be a face. It needs to be a face. Since Brock Lesnar in 2002, we've had all heels. So it's almost predictable 
Unless you just want to make it a, a whole tournament of all fucking heels, then fine. I'll be all right with it. And at least I'll be <laughs> understanding. I'll be understanding of what I'm going to be seeing. But Well, it'll, it'll be cool because then we can fill out brackets. I love Make that. Our guesses, that's a, that's you know? one of my favorite things about King of the Ring is kind of pre-doing that. It's just, yeah, it's like doing the uh, March Madness. Now, you know, I, I said we'll kind of talk about it at the end. Look, it, like I said, people that it went absolutely nowhere for them, like they didn't need it, I don't think. Um, I'm going to change actually number two out. But you got, you got Ken Shamrock and you got uh, Mabel. And Billy Gunn. I mean, really, it, it did absolutely nothing for any of them. Mabel was absolutely the wrong choice. No one wanted it. No one liked it. Meh. But top five winners. This is honestly, I looking at what you see here, what I got, what do you think? Do you think it's pretty uh, solid? Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty big. I mean, you got to figure in '85, Morocco. It's easy. It's easy to say these people because we saw the payoff, right? But Morocco beating Sheik—that was pretty big. That is huge at that time too. That's pretty Very big. True, definitely. But but the long term payoff isn't necessarily there. So yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, I mean, the only thing that I would say is that number two, and I won't spoil it, uh, mm-hmm. number two didn't need it because if it, if king of the ring didn't exist the same trajectory would have happened absolutely you know it what didn't i mean need to be, you're 100 percent correct okay so, so it doesn't hold the weight that it did with the others absolutely um and we'll, i'll tell you in the order of what i have here number five you got bret hart look he's the only two-time winner i'm not saying that it, he necessarily needed it in 93 he had already won the world title sure. at that point and was going to get back into that title picture again but it was a great storyline for the entire summer that he had for 93 and um, all the way into his next buildup, which would be against Owen, um, and which is funny, number four. And I said that earlier. He's an unlikely winner, you know, but Hell yeah. he had a very successful next several years. He had not won a title at this point in WWE. Now we're he coming up King on that, the too. Then he becomes Intercontinental Champion. He becomes a tag team champion with... Bulldog already, with already Ol- was a tag team champion with Yokozuna. Yoko as well, yes. Yep, and all those didn't happen until he became King of the Ring, and of course had a fucking awesome '94 and was the best heel, probably completely in both companies or in wrestling at that time, at least between the American side. Owen Hart was fucking hated. Mm-hmm. He was that annoying little brother. It was a, he, he. He really prospered from being in that tournament and actually winning. And don't no. forget, he kicked Brett's knee through his knee. <laughs> I, I really wish that in that one where uh, after WrestleMania 10 when they were interviewing, I really wish they were like, yo, you got a fucking loogie or whatever just right on the side of your mouth. Before we interview you, can you wipe that the fuck off? I hate it. Every time I see it, I'm like, Ugh. Number three, although a year later, he got the push. Triple H, and it helped him go from more of like a lower mid-card guy to an upper mid-card, and that's that's okay. It doesn't have to put you right to the main event. It made right. him go from that annoying dick who was snooty, snotty, snooty. Anyway, um, Ferris Bueller. All right. And it gave him the chance to now feud with someone like The Rock, and he helps build The Rock. The Rock helps build him. It was it was a good, it was a excellent 
transition for 97 for both of them feuding with each other yep. and mankind as well all those guys and what happens two years later all three of them are fighting all the time for the world title mm-hmm. that's what needed to be done which is why I think I really wanted Rock to win but I guess he didn't need it you know but Shamrock also didn't need to win <laughs> but number two yeah. I see what you're talking about this is Brock Lesnar if he didn't win this they didn't even have a tournament the answer was still the same he was going to win the title from the rock at SummerSlam, no matter what you were hundred percent right. Um, rock had just won the title though, which is funny from, uh, undertaker and like a triple threat match. And I think they were like, ah, there's no way we could let him beat taker right away. So we need to hurry up and hand this off to the rock. Cause rock only came back mainly, I think for a couple of reasons, but I think the biggest one was because stone gold just took off at this point too. Everything was kind of up and down in 2002. I'd, I'd like yeah. to talk about that sometime. That entire time where Austin walked away and they're pushing Brock and well, because because Austin wouldn't job to uh, yeah. not job, but Austin wouldn't lose to Brock on Raw. He said, "Build it a pay per view." Yep. I got no fucking problem putting him over. But don't just go tonight. He's gonna beat him in the King of the Ring tournament. What the fuck? And that's exactly what it was. Hmm. But number one is just that guy. He is what Cameron Grimes would say. It's to the moon, he was pushed. <laughs> and Stone Cold Steve Austin, that's what it was. I mean, he, I think more than anybody, winning that tournament made him just look legit, too, to the to the crowd. Not just to, you know, see, you know what I mean? Like, it, it made him a very credible, I guess, you know, uh, opponent for even the world title down the line because... I mean, look what happens. As soon as he has that match, now he's fighting Taker on Raw. He's fighting, like, he's having, like, big matches at this point. And, you know, kind of like some of the guys before him, I think, you know, Owen got a good push for a year, right? But I don't think anybody ever had as good of a follow-up post-King of the Ring as Steve Austin. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's twofold, right? Because, one, it gives him the rub. Right. And you can't do anything unless, you know, they give you the opportunity. Right. Um, look at Daniel Bryan. <laughs> Until yeah. they actually gave him the green light, he got over. But, you know, if you're going to lose, you're going to lose. So them giving him the rub was one thing, but it was Austin taking advantage and doing what he did, which is just get over naturally. It's hilarious because this last Raw that we were talking about where Stone Cold was on commentary, he actually had a a WWF. It was like Kevin Nash. You know, Nash used to wear the WWF hats. Yeah. Austin was wearing a WWF polo shirt. And it's fucking hilarious because the thing is, he's still jawjacking with McMahon at this point. Now you got to figure this is what two weeks after King of the Ring, one week after King of the Ring. He's already in stone cold form, and like the you accent said, comes out more. He's talking oh, yeah. shit. He's telling McMahon to shove it. We're already there. It's just going to take time for the crowd to really get on board, and it's not going to take long at all. So that's I well, mean that's what does it. And it's around now that I think people are starting to learn because America Online has now come out. So people are starting to figure out, oh, Vince owns this shit. He's not a commentator. He's never said that. And people are starting to learn it. And it's late 97, September of 97, actually, that is the first time that McMahon takes a stunner. So you're right. We're a year and a half in advance 
of him already fucking with McMahon. And it's like they always talk about the McMahon versus Austin feud. It's kind of true. We never really look back and be like, he never said a nice thing to him. It was kind of cool. It's, it's, I like how you picked that up. But the polo, yeah, you're right. I hated and still do when I see guys coming out wearing that gold logo. I'm like, Jesus, are they like, (laughs) we'll push you next week if you just wear this polo for us. We want people to buy this one. (laughs) Jeez. Well, that is a wrap for this episode. It's not goodbye. It's just I never am going to see you again. Thank you. I had to work that one in there somewhere. It was my last one. Good year. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was episode 13 and a third. We appreciate you listening to the top of wrestling, whatever device you're listening on, whatever app or whatever. If we happen to make it onto the radio, we appreciate it. I don't know how that even happened. Oh, wait, do they have public access? Are we on that? Can we be on that somehow? Let's just take I'm working the- on the Wayne's World theme. You know, I'm trying to put that together for us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, we are going to be back next week as we have finally reached the part I really, really want to talk about. Bash at the beach, baby. We're here. The thing I told you I want to talk about. So, Got a pay-per-view, we got Raw, we got Nitro, and I think he made his way out of the woods. NWA, he'll be back next week with his good shit. Hope he doesn't bring the crickets with him, man. That was kind of... <laughs> if not, we have the crickets as a backup plan. <laughs> My name is the Professor Mark Fantasia. He is ODM Joe Rizzo. As always, we like to leave you with a quote. And of course, I mean, it's a wrestling show. So we're going to make you do it in the form of someone. And I think that this week you should do it in the form of William Regal. I knew you were going to do it. I knew you were going to do it. For real? That's awesome. Son of a bitch. (laughs) Yeah, I knew. I knew you were going to do it. Listen here. I'm on bloody credit. His strong manly hands probed every crevice of his silken femininity. Their undulating bodies writhing in sensual rhythm as he thrust his purple-headed warrior into a quivering mound of love pudding. <laughs> that was fucking terrible. Did you get Irish I in the end? it together. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com.
I know. <laughs> Jake, I'm walking away. Jake goes, "You're a dumbass." I go, "I know." She's like, "Not." Nah. She was talking to the dog. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny because the other day, Hillary goes, "Ah, stop licking your butt," and I go, "I didn't know you could see me." I knew she was talking to the dog. 